Hello and welcome to another episode of Emmy Stories with Phoebe. I'm your host, Phoebe Brackon Owusu, and I just want to say thank you so much for listening and uh, coming through all these episodes with us. So thank you for your participation, your listening, all the sharing, and the amazing uh, feedback and comments that we've been getting. It's been so amazing. Thank you so, so, so much. I think uh, it was last week's episode. We talked about the elections that are coming up in the U.S. and voting, and we actually got a follow-up. So I wanted to start off today's episode with that, and then we'll get into it. All right. This letter says... My name is Manori, and I was born in Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka is a beautiful island in the Indian Ocean. The year before I was born, a war started in Sri Lanka, and it didn't end until two years after I left there. I never experienced living in my motherland in peacetime. While my town was bombed only once, the war affected everyone in that little island in those three decades. Sri Lanka is a developing country, and in my time there, I have seen violence, corruption, and discrimination at scales that are difficult for the Western world to even fathom. Traumatized by several events such as the war, molestation as a child, and an arranged marriage that I walked out of, and losing my entire social support system because of the divorce, and fighting patriarchy and gender discrimination, it was not until I moved to the U.S., I was able to feel true freedom. Hmm. I felt that. I was finally able to be me. No one was telling me a girl can't do this or that. No one judged me based on my past or cared. And I got my education in architecture architecture, and started my career. I met my amazing husband and married Now I live in Los Angeles, running two companies. Okay, you better. This is what the U.S. has given me, freedom to be me, so I can thrive. When the U.S. elections elections results in 2016 rolled in, I was shocked. I was swinging in between complete disbelief, anger, and sadness. I went into a deep depression in the following months. I was afraid and disappointed at the rhetoric that America chose to stand behind. The whole thing reminded me of all that was terrible about Sri Lanka. The corruption, bigotry, racial discrimination, social injustice, inequality, etc. As the Trump presidency continued, what I feared had become true. The kind of corruption from nepotism to pandemic aid funds misuse, from misleading the public to distortion or disregard of science and facts, that can only be seen in a developing country is now present in the U.S. Surprisingly, Sri Lanka had a much better pandemic response, with only 15 deaths in a country of 21 million people. Yes, you heard that right, 15 deaths. Today, on October 25th of 2020, for the first time in my life, I voted at a U.S. presidential election. I was not able to vote in 2016. I was not yet an American citizen. 
I can no longer stand on the sidelines and passively witness the blatant disregard of democracy, ignorance, and selfishness. I cannot stand the social injustice and the systemic racism that is perpetuated by this administration. As a woman in STEM, I cannot stomach the disregard for science. And most of all, I cannot and will not stand by and let basic human decency decay. So last year, I gave up my beloved Sri Lankan citizenship and I became a U.S. citizen. Today, I voted. That is so wonderful, Manori. Thank you for sharing this with us and sharing these parts of your life with us. That's so amazing and we are truly honored that you would share this with us. And yay for voting. Hello. That's awesome. I think I use the word awesome a little too much, but you know, it is what it is. All right. So let's get into today's episode. We're going to be talking about parenting as an immigrant. I know for some of us, you might feel like, oh, well, I'm not a parent, so this doesn't really apply to me. Well, it does because, you know, you have friends who are parents. You might have family members who are parents. So even if you don't feel like it applies to you, it applies to somebody that you know, so you can share this with them. Okay? We're going to be hearing from immigrants about how they're integrating their culture into their parenting and some of the concerns that they have about raising children outside of their home countries. So before we get started, if you're interested in sharing your story with this podcast, it doesn't matter if it's after the episode, we will still get you in here, okay? So if you want to, please send an email to iswithphoebe at gmail.com. That's iswithphoebe at gmail.com. And remember, that's Phoebe without a no. All right, let us get into it. Our first one comes from Priscilla. Priscilla says, I am integrating my culture through two main areas, language and food. I do my best to speak Chi with my children and try to work with them to speak it back. This part is a struggle, but we try. So Chi is a language that's spoken um, in Ghana. Just, you know, fun fact. My four-year-old understands the language very well, even though he does not speak it. He sometimes says things in Chi, which gets us very excited. Right from when they started eating solid foods, I introduced my kids to food from my culture, which is what we eat predominantly. Foods like goat pepper soup and fufu, jollof, omutuo, and peanut butter soup, bean stew, etc. So let's review this amazing food that Priscilla is talking about. Because if you didn't know, I'm quite a foodie, okay? Goat pepper soup, it slaps, okay? If you don't eat goat, that's fine. But those of you who eat goat, you know what I'm talking about. Fufu is a meal that is made from um, from cassava and plantain or cassava and cocoa yam. It's, it's a starchy food, so you can make it with different kinds of um, ingredients, but it just has to be the starch. And you have to have your cassava, uh, cassava pre- uh, present. So you pound it and then you make it into a mound and then you put your soup around it. Well, here 
in America, it's kind of hard to do the pounding. There's some people who I've heard who have done it, people who live in, like, New York. Uh, but otherwise, you can get the flour, you mix it up, and you make your mound. Jollof is a rice dish. It looks like Mexican red rice, and um, it's a little more richer and has um, a lot more flavor. There's been a lot of jollof wars. Today, we're not going into that because my heart goes out to our Nigerian brothers and sisters. We love y'all. We're standing with y'all. So today, no jollof wars, okay? Just today. Um, Omutuo is rice balls. It's, you know, as the name implies, rice that's made into these balls. And you eat it with soup. And it goes very well with peanut butter soup. I have a peanut butter soup story I'm going to share on another episode. Somebody remind me, okay? All right, let's go back to the story. Prisla says they love it all. And what is super impressive is their spice tolerance level. In addition to those two primary focus areas, we often talk about Ghana and let them know that is where they're from. We actually have gotten them so excited about going to Ghana that if they do something naughty, we tell them that they will not go to Ghana with us. They can't wait to go. Priscilla says this about her fears. The biggest fear is for them to not have the perceptive, the perception of life from Ghana for themselves, but to see it through the American lens. Not that there's anything wrong with it or wrong with them seeing it that way, but it's simply not the truth. They are from Ghana and we hope they know that and that they own all of that. We also sometimes fear that they may have difficulty in establishing clarity on exactly who they are and where they're from. We are trying to be intentional in instilling these things in them so those fears do not actually become a reality. Prisla, that's a very valid fear, a very valid concern to have um, about, about your kids when you're raising them outside of your home country. So we appreciate you sharing that with us. Next up, Rhoda says, The way I intend to integrate my culture into my parenting is by sharing the stories about my growing up, especially during my boarding school days. Hmm. Let me say a little, a little thing about boarding school. Um, I'm assuming Rhoda is talking about high school days because a lot of people who grew up in Ghana went to boarding school for high school. And those days, those days, um, there were a lot of things. Traumatic is one of the words that can describe that. But also exciting, fun, and we made all these bonds with people that, you know, have lasted till now. And um, even as a child, I remember looking forward to my parents sharing stories about their boarding school days because let me tell you they were cutting up like I'm talking sneaking food where it didn't need to be sneaking out you know <laughs> I'm, okay I'm not gonna put my parents business out there shoot I'm not gonna put my business out there <laughs> so so I think that might be part of what Rhoda is talking about and I think it's exciting that Rhoda you would share that with your kids because I'm sure they'll get a kick out of it I believe that through sharing my stories, they will learn lessons and know the culture. I will also try to incorporate some local outfits and food into their lives. Nice. 
Rhoda says this about her concerns. My concern about raising kids here is first the difficulty of learning the local language well and also learning certain behaviors and cultures that show respect. Losing culture in terms of certain foods, dressing, celebrations, and festivals. Thanks, Rhoda, for that. And even as you talk about, you know, respect, respect looks like different things for different cultures. And I think the we had an episode where we talked about education and instructors or, or professors asking people to call them by their first names. And for those of us from cultures where that is not acceptable, that was quite a struggle. So, yeah, you come and you raise your kids here and sometimes they get into you know, the the habit of calling people adults by by their first names. And in some in some families here it's acceptable, but for us, you know, it's not. So I can see where that concern comes from. So we appreciate you sharing that with us. All right. Next up we have a letter from Susan. Susan says, I would say unconsciously and sometimes consciously you default to parenting like you saw your parents do, especially when in a crunch. Ain't that right? I keep having to remind my son that older people are not addressed by the first name. I find myself always saying that he is Mr. Frank to you for the old man in church or the neighborhood friend. When it comes to food, you eat what's on your plate or nothing. <laughs> I just had a conversation today with some friends about the privilege of these options of food because one of my friends said, oh, you know, it's hot food weather. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, what do you mean hot food weather? Like, we eat hot food year-round, you know, it's, it is what it is. And so she, you know, she's explaining it. And I have to say, you know, what a privilege to have food to, like, match different seasons in the year. Because where I'm from, you get what you get, okay? There's no... Oh, it's it's fall, so let's try something different. No. So like Susan is saying, you eat what's on your plate or nothing. All right, back to the letter. Language has been harder to achieve because only one of us parents is multilingual. I even bought a Fanti book to read to my son. Fanti is a is a dialect that's spoken in Ghana um, by people mostly on the on the coasts of the country. I think he knows a few words, but he definitely forgets it. Language has been harder to achieve because only one of us parents is multilingual. I even bought a Fanti book to read to my son. Fanti is a dialect that's spoken in Ghana by people um, who are from the coast, mostly. I think he knows a few words, but he definitely forgets after a while. So ask me or them in a few more years and we'll see if I was successful. Okay, I'll definitely do that. I tell myself all the Indian children seem to speak their language, so it can be done. I agree. Susan says this about her fears and concerns. My fears and concerns, especially now, are about raising a black child in America. It is a fine balance of not scaring them with all the crazy out there and also keeping them safe. This country values individualism. And in our home country, we thrive on extended family. I hope by extension, 
the importance of family, both nuclear and extended, gets passed on to my kids outside of Ghana. Essentially, we don't want to raise kids that think it's okay to put their families or their parents out. That is true. Thank you, Susan. So for those of us who are parents, we know that parenting is not a walk in the park. Now you add the task of being responsible for this little human being that you've brought into this world or are raising, and you add on to that being an immigrant. And so my in my experience, I feel like it's not just I'm raising this child here. You're raising a child outside of what is home to you. You're trying to make sure that you're doing well. You're trying to make sure that your children are a good representation of you and also of your culture. And so that makes parenting as an immigrant really, really complex. And when you when you talk to children of immigrant parents, you hear these stories of love, of protection, and also you hear the stories of parents who are really trying hard and trying their best to maintain their identity and also have their kids do that. That is difficult because you have these cross-cultural experiences. And I was talking to a friend some time back and she talked to me about how her father did not want her and her siblings speaking their language from home because he didn't want them to have an accent. And at first listen or at first glance, you're like, oh, why not? Like, you know, of course you have to speak your language. But I'm imagining that this parent had the experience of either being made fun of or being treated differently because of the way that they sounded. And so, yeah, they're not going to want their kids to go through what they went through. Who wants their kids to struggle like like they did. And so that's one of the ways in which language, for example, gets lost. And for me as, as a parent, language is one of the big things that I want to pass on to my kids. And we're doing our best. Honestly, we, we have a two-year-old who is starting to, you know, say numbers in our language. And, you know, we're, we're doing a few things here and there, like watching shows from back home on, on YouTube and um, trying to connect him to to our culture in, in that way because sometimes it's truly rough. Let me tell y'all a story. It was earlier this year, you know, pre-COVID, we went to a funeral and, you know, my, my little boy wants to run around and be a little boy of course, the anxious, anxious parent that I was, I'm like, don't go here, don't do this, keep your hands to yourself, you know, all this stuff, instead of just letting him be. So he takes off, and um, it, was, it was a funeral, and uh, that there, was, there was entertainment, so there were some drummers and people singing and, you know, our traditional music and dance. And so he runs to, to the group that's playing the drums and singing, and 
he's like standing there watching them and you know he starts moving along <laughs> so i mean just imagine like a little one and a half year old trying to dance it was quite the sight so he is standing there and then one of the guys comes and he picks him up and so of course you know i get into mommy mode like what's up what are you doing my son <laughs> and he sits him down behind a drum and before i realize my little boy is drumming along and he is having the time of his life he's trying to sing or something you know he's making noise accordingly and he's drumming and i remember feeling goosebumps all over my body because one i'd never experienced my son in that way but i kept thinking he's getting a cultural experience and it was so so beautiful like thinking about that moment even brings tears in my eyes and you know later i'm thinking oh my gosh that would have been nice to to live close to this um music group so he could go play with them and all that stuff and in some ways it was it was a gift to him to be able to experience and play along and be a part of this and also highlights how important it is for us to be around our people we're fortunate enough to where we live in a metropolitan area so being around our people is not that hard but i also know that there's people who live all over the world who might not have that connection to people like them, to people from their home, people who look like them. And we have that saying, it takes a village to raise a child. Because most of us immigrants already value that village and already have that experience of being around each other, that makes sense when it comes to parenting and sharing your kids with with your immigrant families and with people from your community, it's amazing. But if you don't have that, you know, it's okay. As a parent, you do the best that you can. And if you have a parent, you know, this is a great time to express your gratitude to them in some way, shape or form. If you have that kind of relationship with them where you can see the struggle, you can see the experience of leaving your country, coming here, coming with your kids or coming and having your kids here. And also even like, even that, like coming and having your kids here. The systems here are so, so different and you have to do so much to, to adjust. And then when you bring your kids to, you're trying to adjust and you're trying to get your kid to adjust to this, to this new life and new people and new way of seeing the world. So parents, thank you for all the hard work that you do, honestly. We could talk and talk and talk about this and what it's like for parents here. And, um, you know, thinking about parents who do not speak English as their first language and having their kids come and translate for them and help them navigate all these different things, it's complex. So if you have something that you'd like to share with us, please feel free to send us an email at iswithphoebe at gmail.com. Let's get the inbox buzzing, okay? Thank you so much for listening today. We're going to have a new episode for you next week. And you all stay safe, really. Stay safe. We know the elections are coming up very soon. Uh, by the time this comes out, it's going to be less than a week away. So... 
if you haven't voted, make sure you vote and remind your friends and your family to vote. So thank you again for, for listening. And we will be back next week with more Emmy stories. Take care.